Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 257. It's happening this week. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hawking. To the left, to the left. <laughs> and to my right, Brett Cropley. <laughs> Good evening, viewers. Good already. It's a, you know, it's going to be a big show. Good show. Mm. Good show, big show. Because uh, I've been waiting for a long time to talk about Conviction Kitchen. You're always talking about it. I know. There. Bang, 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 bang. Blah, blah, blah. Criminals cooking. Who lets them in the kitchen? Why is that going on? Snacks, bars, together oh. at last. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we, we have uh, Vital, the sous chef from Conviction Kitchen, coming into the show to talk about his experiences uh, working with a bunch of criminals, making a TV show and starting a restaurant. Together at last. Uh, the restaurants itself. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really. Or, or we ask. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Because otherwise people would have to read it and that would just be weird. Correct. Uh, what else? We will probably talk about Ben Elton's show. Will we? Uh, yeah, probably. Mm, I guess. I can't stop it. Even I try. <laughs> I try and stop. I know. I see you on Twitter trying to stop and then it's, start again. Just, and I, then I just start again. Yeah. Uh, but that's not actually in the, in the running order. Uh, there, is, uh, there is, however, a review of Portlandia. And uh, there will also be some letters slash tweets to slash about box cutters. <laughs> <laughs> Busy uh, week then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing, uh, some pork with Toby Halligan's trotters. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. <laughs> First up in the news, Telstra have announced that they're going to have a TV app store that through their T-Box and other uh, other appliances that they have... Oh, that weak source thing that they've released that's really kind of mediocre. The, the what? The, that mediocre thing that they've released that... Uh, the T-Box? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All reports that I read are, are just... Snorefest, like well, just, I got, just so unexcited about uh, what the T box is. I got a media release from Foxtel uh, a while ago, uh, like a, a few weeks ago, saying, "Oh, Foxtel channels now available on T box." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, good. <laughs> Using and your uh, your your limits cap monthly thing. Yeah, I don't know anyone who has a T box. Telstra really feel to me in this particular domain like the lame friend that. The lame friend of a friend. Like when you turn up at a party, you're like, this party's going to be good. There's going to be stuff I like. And then there's that person that you're like, why do you invite them? Cause That's you, how Telstra feel to me. You know what the tea box is? The tea box is that shitty screen that they were trying to read recipes off during MasterChef. Oh, that was awkward. Which was really, was really, really awkward. Oh, so you've got like a giant crap plastic looking iPhone. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't have as good a screen. <laughs> yeah. And it's not as sensitive for for touching and and scrolling. Particularly and when you're cooking, so your fingers are covered in flour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pop it on the screen. That'll be good. Genius. They just, they just rely on it. Basically, it's it's perfectly made for bad grandmother uh, yeah. gifts to oh, the grandkids. Okay. This, this oh, is like, just like an iPad. Have one of these, like uh, that excellent Michelin oh, web uh, yeah. sketch. Oh, oh. Yes, yeah. Uh, the, 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 the junkie at Christmas. Yes. Yep. Uh, 
the man said it's what you'd like. The uh, so yeah, so so they've released this uh, this app store because everyone needs to have an app store now. I don't think they do. To be perfectly honest, I'm good with the Apple App Store. I'm fine with it. That's enough. I don't even need that. Don't like, you? What are you doing? I, I I was just downloading apps as I needed them when I needed them from from the people who make the apps. Wow. That's genius. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I'm just like some sort of lame, lame follower that's like, oh, that seems good. I'll just go with that one. I don't, I don't need apps for my TV. No, hell no. I need, uh, b- because I'm already watching TV with my phone in my hand. Yeah. So I don't need, you know, it's, it's like when everybody came out with widgets for desktop. There, there were Microsoft widgets and there were uh, Yahoo widgets and Google desktop, Google desktop widgets and, and, Apple had widgets, and everyone went, oh, great, widgets, and then nobody used them. Mm, yeah. Because you had to press three buttons to get to them, and no one's pressing three buttons. Why bother? Mm, exactly. Uh, so, so what we're saying is Telstra are doing something that we have absolutely no interest in. Is yeah, that what the story is? The 60-year-olds all think that it's something hip that the kids want. Well, the suburbs. And they'll get ripped off, essentially. Yeah. Well, that's what Telstra do best. Yes. The ripping off of the people. Yeah, and then and then they go through a, a whole bunch of hey, you can get through T box, you can get your TV on multiple TVs and stuff. And mm. you know, I don't know anyone who's got Fetch TV either. And uh, what's Fetch TV? Fetch TV is iInet's equivalent of so so you can get IPTV through uh, through Telstra, which mm-hmm. is Internet Protocol Television for the Nellies of the world, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and Fetch TV is another IPTV provider right so they have similar but different channels some of them are foxtel related channels some of them are not uh you can get all of your regular free-to-wear tv through them as well Mm -hmm. uh you can uh, use them for your dvrs and uh, your magic boxes and and what have you uh the uh so fetch tv and t-box are very similar i don't know anyone who has either of them yeah exactly and you know, sure, they could be very useful, but who's paying the money for it? Who's who's subscribing to these things? Well, yeah, but the thing, like my parents have Foxtel on their main TV and then they've bought another TV for the sitting room uh, and in the sitting room can't get the Foxtel on it because it costs like an extra 50 bucks a month. And they're like, well, we're paying 100 bucks and I'm paying another 50 bucks to get the Foxtel and all they want to watch is Law & Order. So, you know. I guess they have to watch it together, which wow, is not what they, they could, want. They could really just buy that on DVD. That's not the point. They really hate DVDs. I don't know. I think it's the <laughs> illusion of choice. They could switch to Seinfeld, but they're not going to. That's what they're doing. Because <laughs> I, I, I learned everything I need to know about your parents by the fact that they have a sitting room. <laughs> you really have. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. Yeah. I, I really have. Uh, so... I put this Jamie Oliver thing in because I wanted three stories, but there's no story there. There's been some controversy in the in the UK because a, a couple of kids in a TV show that has Jamie Oliver in it mm-hmm. uh, were asked to give uh, sperm samples for a, a science project. They're, they're doing this. <laughs> These are older kids. Sorry, these are older kids. It's not some sixteen to eighteen. It's it's not some some. Uh, <laughs> Jaunty uh, game of, of soggy cookies gone awry, is it? Well, uh, no, is, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it actually has anything to do with cooking geez. at all. It's called Jamie's soggy Dream cookies. School. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, which is, look, look, it's quite a mythological. It. It's food preparation. But the, um, <laughs> uh, the, 
Yeah, this is this is uh, Jamie Oliver goes, uh, you know, gets a, a bunch of uh, is it disaffected ja- youth. Jamie's wet dream school. <laughs> yes, this episode. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Bunch of disaffected youth and uh, <laughs> and teaches them life skills in a in a school situation. So they don't end up on things like conviction kitchen later. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. So what he's doing is is using a TV show to take away from future viewing <laughs> of, uh, of of other people. Who, He's who disinvesting in his own future. He is. Yeah, interesting. He is. Uh, so, uh, you know, I kind of found that more interesting than, than the actual story because it means that Jamie Oliver is, is moving, like branching out from just cooking. Well, I, how many kinds of cooking can he do, though? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, what is it, 10 years now that he's been around doing his, like, it's him That's cooking some stuff. He's done the holidays. He does it quickly. He does it slowly. Like eventually, does he's gonna have to do something else. He's come up with punchlines. Pucker, you know. What else is there? <laughs> just, just says pucker. Does he still say pucker? <laughs> I, I was actually. I did a little look on the internet. Apparently, he's giving it up because he finds it annoying now. Right. Yeah. So he's getting sperm off kids, but he doesn't say pucker <laughs> anymore. Right. So and- I don't know whether that's a necessarily good choice for him. I would go back to the pucker. If I was presented with those options. Jamie, we've got this. What do you think about taking sperm from children? Fine. I'm just sick of saying pucker, whatever. And uh, off we go. So, I don't know. I might watch it. Can't say that I won't. There are so many jokes about the word pucker and getting sperm off children. That I just... Yep. And uh, lastly, in, in the news, I don't know if you saw this last week. There was a reporter in the US, uh, I think for CBS, uh in a cross to uh, the Grammys, mm. she lost the ability to speak. To to, and it it just it sounded weird. And there were stories of uh, you know maybe she was having a stroke live live on air or something like that. We've got the the footage. Uh, Brett, can you play that? Live at the Staples Center with highlights and backstage coverage. We're seeing for the very first time. Sarid. Well, a very, very heavy uh, heavy divertation tonight. We had a very Darrison. But let's go to Terrace Terrace English for the bit. They have the pet. Now that's Ugh. that that terrifies me. Yeah. And I I came across it on Twitter. A lot a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter. They were making jokes about it and they were also uh you know, some people were making jokes about it, some people were saying, Well, she was clearly having a stroke. Mm. Uh it turns out that but like she didn't have any physical you know well, you don't always drop get it all at the same time like I don't yeah. think it's quite I find it quite scary like quite distressing to see that sort of thing because I mean imagine how horrified she must have been because she's she the thing is with the vi- when you look at the video she's got that perfect american we're crossing to a gorgeous skinny blonde girl on site who's going to do it perfectly and, and then, then that happens and you're like Whoa, really? And her face and her face changes, and you can see that she is shitting herself, freaking like, out, exactly, because she can hear the sounds coming out of her mouth, and they don't match the words that she thinks mm. she's about to say. This is not an uncommon problem uh, amongst migraine sufferers, and you, you've probably heard about migraines uh, blurring vision or, or taking taking away people's vision. Yeah. Uh, this is another part of that, taking away the ability to speak words that you can say every day. God, that's scary. Uh, and and it, it is. Like it's, it's completely frightening. What what gets me is that they, I mean, they kept going with it. Yeah, they, well, but, but what would you do? Do you know what I mean? Because I'm sure, like, what, sometimes when you watch new reporters on, like, Channel 9 or Channel 7, you see people like, ah, 
reading their notes and freaking out. So if if you were live to air you and you were editing or directing, you probably wouldn't go, oh, cut it, she's having a migraine. <laughs> like You'd just be, oh, she'll be right. And there's not really enough time there to sort it out. And, and they clearly had the presence of, of my, like the director knew exactly when to go to tape. They had pre-recorded mm. tapes so that, that they could go to, which was lucky because mm. some of these crosses go on for like five, six minutes. Mm. That's true. Uh, and because she was still, like her brain was still saying words, the intonation that she got in, in her speech was obviously, well, let's go to the tape and see, yeah. uh, and see what I said back when I could actually talk. Yeah. Uh, I just I find this really a, a fascinating bit of of TV. Mm. It's not really I mean it's, it's not really TV news, but it, it kind of fits in the news segment. Uh, it's kind well, of is. It also it also rolls on to uh, there's been a little bit of uh, talk around about how you're getting these uh, redundant live crosses yes, on Australian true. TV at the moment uh, just because they they have to have some sort of colour and movement. So, so you'll have a reporter on the scene mm. from a shooting last night. Yeah, yeah. two suburbs away. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I, think, I think we asked James Tyler about this a, a few years ago uh, because they were doing reports from... Uh, like outside of AFL House when there weren't any tribunals going on. Or <laughs> it, it wasn't quite that, but I think uh, I think it was someone out front of uh, the uh, the Collingwood Training Centre mm-hmm. uh, down at, at Melbourne Park. And, and I was like, well, what, why are they there? The, nobody has been standing there for hours and hours and hours. A lot of the time it's just because it looks better. It's more interesting. It's just, it's just, mm. it's more... It's more interesting and feels more newsy. And Apparently, also, also hmm. it's cheaper to do a live cross than it is to shoot something, edit it, and make a package. Well, it makes sense. Less people involved. Yeah, and and I suppose if you've already paid for the technology, however it is that you get information from, a pull up in the big van, car stick up the the satellite yeah, dish, put it in the right spot. Also, yeah. the AFL tribunal, like the AFL office, is two doors away from Channel 7. So I've just got to walk down the street and stand there with a the camera. Hey, it's not even a cross. cab charge. Yeah, exactly. You can walk it. You can get something from uh, Eddie Head Stadium on your way. It's a bit <laughs> like get a uh, bit of Nando's. It's a bit like outside the old Channel Nine gates in Bendigo Street. Well, they used to do a lot of a lot of crosses from there and from mm. the balcony as well. James because, the, because mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, unless you are you know inner city TV watching nerds, how are you going to know? You just like, oh yeah, okay, right. And it makes it makes sense for for weather. I think live crosses. <laughs> Right, live crosses well, oh, for, for weather, to weather men. you're at unless, the beach in, in uh, the Gold Coast. Yeah, unless you're cutting from Anna Bly going, don't go outside, to someone <laughs> going, it's very windy here. You'd make a great weather. This sorting, this sorting <laughs> may That's come down windy. at any moment. <laughs> I was just hoping, like, come on, strike while Koshy's out there. Go on, get him. Oh, get him. Oh, Courtney. But then they didn't, and the cyclone went, oh, it's only Stephen Jacobs, I'm not going to bother. I <laughs> am. <laughs> You're anthropomorphizing <laughs> a cyclone. cyclones now. Well, it's called Yazzie. It's based, already got a name. Based on, based on Australian <laughs> media talent. Correct. And that is the Foxcutters News. Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, hunky, sparkly, shiny, wonderful <laughs> men. This is Elmo. And Abby Kadabby. And you're listening to Box Cutters. Cutters.
Now, Courtney, I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, right at the beginning of the year, I was really, really excited about Channel 7's new show, Conviction Kitchen. I was so excited that I went on to ABC Queensland Radio and said, oh, Conviction Kitchen, it's starting at the end of this month. This was back in January. (laughs) Starting at the end of this month. It's going to be so good. It's going to be solid. And then that afternoon, they pulled it from the schedule. Uh, And so I just learnt to not trust Channel 7 with anything ever again. You were lucky that Cyclone turned up. I know. Because otherwise people would have been like, where is it? I wanted to watch it, Josh. That's all Queensland would have been talking about. That's right. That's right. That's it. So now, finally, Channel 7 have decided, yes, Conviction Kitchen, it's going to be on. It's going to start on Tuesday and they move to a Monday because that's just the way they roll. (laughs) That's just what they're doing. But what I am most excited about is that we have one of the stars of Conviction Kitchen in the studio with us, Vital Formerly known as Jean Vital Siverin, but he's just now he's just Vital. Welcome to Box Cutters. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I I love the show. I, I knew that I was going to love the show because I love second chance stories and uh, and I, I especially love prison related second chance stories because these are people just trying really 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 trying to make it good. Uh, are, are you at all? disappointed with the level of crime that people in Conviction Kitchen have uh, have, have committed? Um, no, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a good thing for me because I didn't want to walk in there and having, I guess, rapists and murderers standing behind me with knives and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. were, you, were you scared? I mean, when because when, you've worked with Ian Curley, who's the, yeah. the head chef. Yeah. Uh, you've worked with him quite, quite a lot. And when he said, we're going to do this project... Uh, were you were you like? Are you kidding me? Because Curly's been in in prison. Yeah. Everyone else has been in prison except for you mm. and the and the restaurant manager. Yeah. I'm uh, not do sure you feel about targeted? Her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, Brett's, and Brett's not sure about her. She doesn't. She doesn't discuss it. <laughs> she looks hard enough that uh, you know she's come through cell block age. <laughs> she's a pretty hard case. She, <laughs> she can handle herself, anyways. Uh, she did manage to handle about six six of them at the front while we had the other six at the back anyways um, but as as for um, working with Curly like I wasn't expecting to be in front of the camera at all originally I was um, supposed to be just a guy in the background um, setting it up and getting everything ready mm. but um, last minute I guess they changed their minds and put me as sous chef and I don't know they wanted a bit of color on TV so as whatever. As sous chef, you'd, you'd have a lot to do with the day-to-day teaching people who have never tasted camembert before yeah. how to cut <laughs> onions properly. Um, it was very difficult to start with anyways. Because uh, when we first started with them, um, they didn't know how to hold a knife. Um, a lot of them didn't know. I'm, what, sure, I'm uh, sure they knew how to hold um, a knife. And for well, the stabbing, not for A though. shank, yeah. maybe not a bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is there much shank cooking in this um, show? <laughs> There'd be some lamb, sh- some lamb shank. Oh, that's not what I was thinking, no. but okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not much of that. Right. Um, but uh, with vegetables, like trying to get them used to uh, seeing fresh vegetables that they'd never seen before. So it was, it was really hard because um, usually you're used to working with chefs. Mm. And to open a fine dining restaurant with six people that's never been in a fine dining restaurant where the best restaurant they've been in is Sizzler. Mm. Um, so and even then they get the name wrong. Even then they get the name wrong. Sizzlers. They keep calling it Sizzlers. Sizzlers. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've eaten at Sizzlers and I thought that was really nice. And this is uh, this is the thing that really struck me about the show is these are 
these are people who, in in my sheltered middle class existence, I don't, I don't encounter on mm. on a day to day scenario. And and yes, and they do think Sizzler is a, a really nice place to eat, and it is a nice place to eat, but they don't serve camembert. And uh, and the idea that uh, these are people who have to learn things that I've known for a that long you take time for granted, yeah. essentially, that, like like how to taste food. How to how to uh, enjoy cooking? And not, it's no Toby's. Toby is is laughing about how to taste food. But it's true though. It's but it's, but, a, it's but, a different. But it is yeah yeah. It's a, but it's different to say when you watch MasterChef. These are those are people who are passionate cool. about food and you know they yes. have that knowledge of it. And you're really starting from well. These guys they've never like they're in prison. Some of them are in prison for the past three or four years. Mm. And the food in prison, the menu in prison, is not the is. Not even close to Sizzlers. No. So, so have you? Have you? Because uh, I, I know in episode two you spend time in a prison kitchen because yeah. you're auditioning uh, a prisoner to, to join yeah. the kitchen. Uh, but did you have a look at what it is that they eat so you know what they're? Yeah, pretty much. Because um, we had um, there's certain things we could and could not bring in. I guess so. We um, had to um, look onto their. It was their dry goods list mostly. And whatever they have in house, it's all frozen stuff. Whether mm. it's frozen corn, frozen potatoes, frozen vegetable, whatever it was. And how is frozen yeah. truffle? Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that great. <laughs> um, but they've never, they've never seen like some of them haven't seen fresh food. Even the ones that we were, we were uh, working with in the prison, and that was the best thing. Like we cooked, say, a chicken schnitzel. That yeah. was the best thing they've eaten. Which was so wonderful, mm. having seen that that yeah. scene where they're they're talking about it, and the guy who says, "Oh, I want to go and do my apprenticeship in it." It's yeah. just so, you know, you wouldn't think something that simple that showing someone how to. Not, I'm not saying what you do is simple, but just having someone cook a meal yeah. that's not even that complicated could inspire someone like that that much yeah. to change their it. whole life. And yeah. one of them said that was the best day he's had in a very long time. Which and that was just hanging out in the kitchen with us for about four or five hours that day. Yeah. Um, because obviously they do nothing else. Um, well, yeah, it, it would be a, a little bit of variety. And the, uh, there are two chefs that it, it really seemed uh, – or two chefs, two cooks from, from the – uh, from the actual prison, seemed to me, oh, it's going to be b- between them. I think it was Jared and James. They both looked uh, looked like they were. Uh, I think James was uh, with the beard, and Jared. Uh, yeah, and James really wanted it. Uh, they they all really wanted it mm-hmm. because they all wanted that chance when they get out of prison, something to get into. And all of them were getting out, uh, you know, um, pretty soon. So it was something to look forward to. And that was your first time in a prison. That was my first time in a prison. Did you feel safer because you were there with a camera crew? Um, yes, I did. Uh, walking into walking into Woodford, it was uh, it was overwhelming for me um, because I've never been in one before, and just the gates, the guards, the guns, um, just don't feel comfortable. No, don't feel comfortable at all walking in there. Do you find it's kind of um, uh, a bit of a a sort of difficult thing about this show is that I, in, particularly when you went into the prison, there was one guy with the ponytail, I think, with the beard as well, yeah. who looked so, like he wanted it so badly. Yeah. And then to have to say, you know, to one of them, no, you can't. You know, on yeah. Australian Idol, that's Well, I'm glad it's deal. Curly who had to do that. Yeah. Because I didn't want to deal with that. It, it, just, <laughs> it just breaks my heart, you know, because I sit there thinking, 
oh, what's going to happen to you? You know, <laughs> which is not the point of it at all. Um, but that must be – do you find that difficult or you're just glad mm. that he makes the decision and not you? Well, no, I find it difficult because, like you said, they all do really want it. And, like, at first I was very scared walking into the prison. But once you get in there and, well, I was standing there prepping and all of a sudden I had about five five ex well, five cons in front of me, white jumpsuits, stuff you only see on TV for me anyways. Um, so it was a bit overwhelming just looking up and – Oh, okay. Uh, what happens next? But once you start talking to them and you start like learning a little bit about themselves, because they they're willing to tell you anything. They're willing mm. to tell you everything about their lives. So just having sitting down or having a coffee with them, they're pretty like normal, yeah. normal guys. Yeah. But they went the wrong way in, in yeah. life, some way down the road. How different is it for you as uh, as a chef? You're used to working in a kitchen. You're used to working in uh, in small spaces. Yeah. You're used to working with a, a team that you're very close with, and then you have intruders. You've got like I, I mean I know that you would have worked and you would have trained people who have not cooked before, yeah. but never with producers and camera people. And uh, that, that was very overwhelming because I've never been I've never been on TV before. I've never been on the radio before. This is my first time. Oh, actually. Cool. Second time today. <laughs> um, but Cause, cause, uh, cause we're, we're not we're not real radio. So <laughs> you know. got it. Um, so it was um, it was very overwhelming. Uh, the first couple of weeks, because we were shooting a lot off site and going to people's house, going into the prison. So that was uh, that was very different. But once we got into the kitchen. Um, we have cameras mounted on the walls, but once we get into the kitchen in the Chef Whites and we start doing our thing, then we didn't um, pay attention mu- much to the cameras mm. because you just kind of go on about your daily daily and, business. And did you end up doing much uh, to camera? Like, did, did you kind of do any bits to camera uh, as opposed to just having the cameras around you while you were doing your regular work? Yeah, well, and they usually enter up and interview and interview you in the middle of a service, which is always Handy. great. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a couple of uh, there's a few interviews throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the the great thing about the show that and I do I love it, uh, and as I knew that I would, the editing is so good, uh, and you've obviously seen episodes of, of the show. Yep. I say obviously, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's not obvious. The first couple I've seen, yes. Uh, were you surprised at, at how they came together, how the stories were, were being told? Very surprised because we were spending 15, 16 hour days shooting and I've only seen like 30 seconds of that day. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a lot of work to do for a little bit of, uh, of time, of air time anyways. And so the cameras are there the whole time that, uh, yeah. that, that you're in there and yeah. they are recording Everything. They're recording everything from six o'clock or eight o'clock. We walk in to eleven o'clock when we leave the. How scary is that? Do you find that frightening? Uh, I don't find it frightening. I just find that I had to watch what I say a lot. So yeah, so you you were censoring Uh, yourself. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> yeah. bit, especially when I get phone calls and I'm on the phone or I'm just talking to people. Um, yeah, a little bit. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, I find that. I find that fascinating. We've uh, we've not had anyone in who has had cameras on them the whole time. Oh, that period, no, no. no. Uh, I mean, we had the Beauty and the Geek kids, but they just seemed like it was normal. 
they just <laughs> felt, felt like that's just that's just what the world should yeah, be. Kids that age, they expect yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. They love it. Uh, were there any times that you had to tell them, "Don't shoot this"? Uh, no, I think they shot everything. It wasn't part of my job to tell them anything. I didn't have any uh, any authority on that uh, on that point. I just basically worked for Curly, and I did what he wanted me to do. When it comes to cameras or editing or anything like that, I have no powers on that. So what uh, what went through your mind when they asked you to change your role from being uh, just a, a trainer to to then being in front of the camera as sous chef? Mm, I was a bit scared. Um, I, sh- I was shitting myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just not comfortable in uh, in front of a camera or in front of a microphone. It's just it's just never been my thing, and it's just not my thing. So, but have I you was, got used to it now? Yeah. Are you looking okay. for your um, next big project? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, but as the time goes on, you just kind of get a little bit comfortable with it, and it was just another day in the kitchen. Do you know how the how the idea came about? Like, when did it first sort of? When did Kelly bring it up with you and say, well, "This is what we're thinking about doing"? Um, it was just before I went on holidays last year because uh, I, I work with him at uh, City Wine Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, just before I went on holidays, and he told me about if I knew of the show, obviously the Canadian origin, mm. um, and I'm from. I grew up in Canada, in Toronto, so I knew where the restaurant is, and I knew a little bit about it. Um, but yeah, he just asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said yes. Yeah, thinking that I wasn't going to be on camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. have you have you seen the Canadian version? Um, a few episodes I've seen. Yeah. Are there uh, are there a lot of similarities? Because we we have a tendency to take ideas from international shows mm. and uh, and really make them our own. It's it's something that. Uh, you know, I know Channel Ten are very proud of doing with MasterChef. Mm. So completely different to the yeah. way it is in in any other territory. Uh, how does how does this compare there's, to? There's a bit of similarities. Um, well, when it comes to the convicts, obviously, but um, I think they're different. Um, the ones they have in Canada are a bit more. I think they're a bit more violent criminals. Just a little bit more violent than what we had down here. Oh, yeah, see, that's what I wanted. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's yeah. You, you were a bit more disappointed, were you? I was, I, was, I was a little bit, there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of drunk driving. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, whereas there's the Canadian a, has a, which, has which a bit just, more white power bill in it, maybe. White power bill, yeah. 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 Um, oh, so you've, you've seen, you've seen no, the... I, I, this is Arrested Development. I'm oh, <laughs> right. Right. oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that would be interesting if we had him in the kitchen anyways. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, you know, d- drunk driving, I just think that's, you know, someone who grew up Soft, in the 70s. Drunk really, driving, fraud, lots of white collar stuff. There, I don't know, yeah. there was a, there's, a, there's a girl, I don't know that she got through, which surprised me because she had aptitude because she got done for cooking, yeah. uh, you know, amphetamines. Yeah, and I thought a cook's a cook. Uh, surely, surely that's going to be, you know, ideal. You've got uh, the skills right in there. It doesn't no? really work for us. No? We don't cook. Much of that, oh, but it's not much. Only yeah. I think she'd make, make a good pastry yeah. chef because it's very, it's very yeah. particular oh, yeah, pastry, amounts, yeah. right? <laughs> she's, Attention she's to details. Chocolate? Yeah, she could. Yeah, chocolate is all about chemicals T- tempering, and, and yeah, you know, right. she yeah. could she could have done that. Yeah, yeah I think there's it. a second series. Just have to worry about what's in it. Well. <laughs> yeah, it could be interesting chocolate. I'm not saying you know. But the the, the great thing about it is is the stories of the individuals. Mm. That's 
that's always what I was yeah. what I was going for. And uh, it was good to see that a, a lot of the ones that uh, felt to me like their stories weren't going to be good enough, they were also weeded out at the at the start. At the start. Without giving away too many inside secrets, how much was about their cooking potential and how much was about uh, how could they be in front of the the, the camera? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It had a lot to do, I reckon, with the story. In my personal opinion, it had a lot to do on, you know, their background, on how good they were going to appeal to the public. Mm. Um, and with the cooking that comes, that's where we come in to help yep. them out with that. But now, does Curly wear a hearing aid, or did he have a producer in his ear? In, in uh, no, at that first uh, tasting session, or oh, the first taste. I'm yeah. not sure because yeah, I was definitely something in his. I ear. was in the kitchen, so I wasn't out there with the, oh, the whole time. A little all. bit of uh, caramel that someone else had spit out <laughs> <laughs> had gone straight into his ear. I could. Like, I couldn't believe this. It's such a mild cheese. Why can't you swallow it? Well, because yeah. maybe if you've only ever eaten, like, tasty, tasty cheese. Tasty cheese is what you like, say. This is, this oh, is something that I cannot get. And this is this is the prison education system that we need to have, I think. <laughs> the cheese experience. Is, is you know, palate building. <laughs> well, this is effect- effectively what they're doing. This is this, this is, is what, what I want to say. This is what's happening already. Next time we're going in, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just go straight. The whole show is going to be right in the prison. <laughs> now, through the process, it's, it's all kind of working towards... Awards. Uh, two of them had the off- had the opportunity of coming down to Melbourne and yep. working with Kelly. Yep. Um, do, you, do you think that they actually picked up skills to be able to then go into other kitchens? Yeah, uh, uh, they're still going to need a lot more skills mm-hmm. to survive in a kitchen like without us being there helping helping them out. But uh, they did pick up the basic that they need to say start a first year apprenticeship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know if any of them have done that? Sorry? Do you know if any of them have done that? I'm not sure yet. You have yeah. kept in touch? Um, some of them I do. Yeah. yeah, some of them I keep in touch with. But uh, there's a few of them we haven't, uh, we haven't spoken to at all. So There's a, there's a, a, a I want to say character. There's a, a guy called Josh, uh, which, you know, <laughs> obviously. Surprise. I just have that instant affinity with. Mm. Uh, who's, who's, I, I called him, because the first time I saw him, I went, A, you're going to be great on this show uh, because you're... Uh, you're not alive, but you're not very secure in 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 what you're saying, and uh, but you also have a lot of heart, yeah. and I like I like both those things yeah. for for storytelling. But he he's kind of compared to everyone else, he looks like they're ten years older than they should be. He's, he uh, he kind of looks like an adult baby. He's got this weird. I call him baby baby face Josh, because uh, because he's got this kind of baby face, yeah. but on an adult body. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Is that a question? It's not. A, it's not a question. It's a. Let's take that as a, a statement. And next, it's a how we'll cool. Take that as a uh, comment, Josh. Thanks. It's, it's a how cool. How cool is Josh? And uh, and weirdly, uh, the the question was. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, see, I I was going towards a question, and then I just realised actually that question's really really mean towards Josh. Mm, yeah. Really. Re- so I just thought okay. I'd, I'd talk about. You backed about, away from it. I backed, I backed away from it. I backed away. <laughs> From from a mean question Good. about a criminal. I'm proud of you. And I'm maybe, so proud of you. Maybe it was a lifetime of that that drove him into crime. Maybe it was. <laughs> do you have Do you have any concerns that it's like that? It's it's a, such a fine line in a show like this to walk between capturing their stories and and you know grabbing the audience with the emotion yeah. of what's happened with them and exploiting vulnerable people. Yeah. Do you is that something that 
the show's aware of, like that you're conscious of? Um, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're aware of that. Mm. The people that are doing the show are aware of that. But uh, like you said, this is a fine line. And I'm, we're hoping, you know, we've helped um, all of them. Mm. Some of them, if not all of them. We're hoping anyways. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the ones that come down to Melbourne or the ones that go their own way. Um, actually to stay out of prison or try to get a job. Mm. It, it's just, yeah, it, they need the help. Yeah. They need the help because they can't get jobs. A lot of them can't get jobs anywhere else. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite – I mean, it's such an – as you were saying before about, you know, seeing people – like you're used to, you know, eating in Fitzroy and you eat whatever you want and I know what this yeah, is and, and I can look it up on my iPhone if I don't. How hard is it to get a job in but a kitchen? Yeah. But, that, but this is the enough. thing. You say, you know, you see these people and the, the world that they live in and you've got to go to parole every week and, yeah. you know, like – and, I couldn't keep up with that stuff. You may or may not get urined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not a pleasant day, is no, it? No, <laughs> no, that's that's not. Vital, thank you so much for joining us on, on Box Cutters. I, I really, I, I love the show. I don't know if I've said that enough. Uh, and, uh, it's and my pleasure. I look forward to seeing whether or not you continue with your camera and microphone shyness <laughs> or if uh, you clearly go with where your talents lie. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, I'm Josie Pirelli from Chart Busting 80s, and you're listening to the guys on Box Cutters. I'm, I wanted to say, and, and, and didn't get a chance to during the Vital interview, but uh, because we, we entered with Elmo, uh, Top Chef, the, the US excellent Emmy winning uh, reality competition, Top Chef. Best reality cooking series. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 that it's is fa- most coveted. Yeah. It, it's actually, it won most coveted. Uh, cooking series. <laughs> that's that's the prize that it won. Uh, they had uh, as guest judges uh, Elmo, Cookie Monster, and Telly Monster. Awesome! And they were hilarious. They're doing all their vaudeville shtick. <laughs> Cookie Monster was just was totally on fire. They were real like Cookie Monster and Telly. It's very rare to see Elmo upstaged. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were totally upstaging him. It was so much fun to watch. I've, <laughs> I've realised that my ideal show now is a Top Chef Sesame Street hybrid, <laughs> which is uh, kind of disturbing. Dream big, Josh. But not as disturbing as some of the things that you might see on Portlandia. Portlandia is on the uh, IFC, the Independent Film Channel, out of the states, and uh, which has had two two half hour comedies come out this this season. One is Onion News Network, and uh, the other is uh, is Portlandia. I was uh, I, I was going to say Harry's Law was that wasn't on IFC, was it? No, that's NBC. There's there's something else that I've been watching the uh, the always different. Or what's their their little slogan? Um, but they're they're coming out with the you know kind of edgy content uh, uh so what is yeah 20 percent more edgy cool i think is yes the, yes that's that's exactly is what jason it is jason schwartzman involved <laughs> no no he's no he's not he's too, he's too many percentage of edgy cool yeah so, like 40 so uh fred armison is the jason jason schwartz schwartzman of uh portslandia or uh, portland oregon which is uh is distinctly west coast uh it's the pacific northwest of the uh, American uh, states. Fred Armisen uh, was a Saturday Night Live. I thought it was one of the copywriters on Mad Men. No, I'm confused. Anyway, go on. Uh, and You're thinking of the daughter from the West Wing. <laughs> Awkward. Always confuse her and Freddie. 
And it's uh, him uh, being a regular with Carrie Brownstein, uh, from, who's, who's Slater Kinney. more known for her musical uh, abilities. Uh, I like to think of her as my Slater Kinney girlfriend. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like to think of me as her Melbourne boyfriend, though. It's, we haven't discussed that. I'm just guessing. She she didn't uh, you you didn't get to to talk about that no it was not, just all physical it's a long way it's a it's a one way long distance relationship yeah is what you're saying yeah it was it was all physical with her <laughs> her playing her instrument on stage at the corner and me dancing <laughs> uh, it's a six episode <laughs> series uh, which kind of does it open up in L A and then. Basically, uh, Fred goes up to Carrie and says, "Hey, uh, you remember how it was in the '90s when, when you know, you had you mm. had uh, slackers and uh, what else was there? Well, Elliot Smith was from around there, wasn't he? Yeah, all well, that sort of palaver. And they go, they go into this great, well, he says this great song. Portland, Oregon is just like the '90s now. And they, they oh, go into okay. this great song. The dream of the '90s is alive in Portland. Is that and good? Uh, it's kind of it's kind of fun because because this I mean the the uh, the song then is is like uh, everything that you've ever seen in singles uh, uh, yeah. all in uh, all in one song. It is a sketch comedy show that is very similar to Little Britain, I, I found, but funny, Ooh. and that's uh, that's that's the big difference. They have regular characters and and the much like Little Britain, where it's supposed to be these are the people who make up. Britain. This place, yeah. Uh, so these are the people who make up Portland, Oregon. Okay. And so you've got the got uh, a bit of drag work uh, at the feminist bookstore. Yeah, and there's also uh, there's also a, a couple who um, they're, they're both uh, uh, Carrie plays the man and Fred plays the the woman in that uh, in that couple, and Carrie's like this really tough man, uh, <laughs> and it's just. Did you like it, Brett? I did. I I have a strange connection though. I've been to Portland. I, I spent a couple of weeks in Portland, uh, actually back in the nineties. <laughs> um, and and was the dream of the nineties alive in Portland then? Well, it's the dream of the eighties then, Josh. Out of all the places I've been, it's the closest I think I've been to culture shock. It was so weirdly friendly. And and after a week and a half there, I started wondering. Maybe there was some really evil undercurrent that uh, everybody was kind of trying to hide. <laughs> were you oh, do you think smoking it's like a lot of pot or what? Like- no, no, not at all. But just people were so friendly. After that, I went up to Vancouver and I'd, mm. I'd actually been infected by some of this you yeah. know, stranger friendliness. And I had to stop myself from smiling at strangers <laughs> on the street in Vancouver because I was getting dirty looks. Because <laughs> oh. um, that's a come on in Vancouver. Oh, that's why I ended up... Oh, Jamie God. Oliver's <laughs> filming there. <laughs> Um, so, so, so it it doesn't surprise me at all that it it still kind of has these these kind of uh, you know values as a city. It's it's pretty much just a college city. It's got a, a big private college there, mm. um, or college town. Uh, it's got the uh, Lewis and Clark private university there. There's a big uh, there's a big piece of graffiti in the opening credits that says "Keep Portland Weird." Yes, uh, which. I don't know. It looks to me like it's a really famous bit of of graffiti. It's it's mm. kind of shot with that. Everyone's going to recognise this yeah. lens. Yeah. There's a special lens you can get from Canon. Uh, yeah, I think it's I've called seen the. That. Uh, everybody's going to recognise. They this use it lens. on like they used it on the Secret Life of Us and yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. did. Yeah, they did. And uh, and the Big Steel used it <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh, and and so it, I think that's that's the sense that I get from from this. But there are some great great moments. Carl McLaughlin plays the mayor yes. of uh, of of Portland in some sketches where Fred and Carrie kind of play themselves, but they're also good friends with the mayor for no good reason. Uh, and well, they're after a song for Portland. Well, yeah. And they, they the, have this big meeting and, and uh, he explains what he wants. But it's not Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so I so can't it's funny? Like it's so Seattle. you like it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I did. You know, it's, I was kind of in a weird mood, I think, when I, when I watched it the first time. Mm. And it's a cozy laugh. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't... It's not it, an it sounds, I'm out to impress anybody. It's just... It sounds really <laughs> sort of quirky and kind of just doing its own thing for the people that will like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I brought up the Onion News Network because it's it seems like these two shows from uh, Independent Film Channel have uh, actually have independence mm. because neither of them stink like, uh, like a, a network, network has has gone on. Oh, no, you got to put their fingers all over. Yeah, it, you got to totally funny that joke up. Yeah, yeah. That, broader, that joke, broader. You know what's funnier than a chicken? Rooster. <laughs> Because it's like a cock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've worked in commercial radio. I right, know how it works. Right, yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, know. You, you know, so, and they, they don't have that. Onion News Network is exactly what you would expect from Onion News Network. It's, it's pretty much what you see on the, on the web in their little, uh, in their little snippets. They and do use bits from the, the Friday Night Show for yeah. the, the uh, video podcast there. And uh, there actually Competing is. There is a video podcast. We don't Hello have one. To our viewers. <laughs> we, hey, guys. We don't. We don't have one. Don't we? I dress no. special. You dress special all the time. Like a lady. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hello. I was wondering why you were wearing that petticoat. <laughs> and only that petticoat. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so weird. hot in here. It's weird. So that's Portlandia. Mm. I, I don't know when, where, how it would <laughs> appear on, on Australian television. But ABC two Saturday only, morning. If it's only six episodes, there's a fairly good chance that it's going to be available on DVD. Could be uh, SBS on a Monday night. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Face Jacker yeah. probably went for about six eps. That ten o'clock slot. Yep. Yeah, Face Jacker. That sounds like a show Jamie Oliver would get into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, so that's um, Portlandia. Yeah, it it'll uh, probably. Uh, Let's uh, let's hear uh, that that song. Oh, you want to you want to play? The, yeah, you wanna play the, yeah. You want to breach? I think it's I think it's we're reviewing it. Oh, fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Good boy. All right, Donnie. Oh, hey, Jason. Hey, what's going on? Not much. I didn't know you're back in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Had a pretty amazing trip. I mean, it was. I mean, it was unreal. Really? I can't wait to hear about it. No, I have like a lot to tell you. What is it? Come on. Do you remember the 90s? Yeah. You know, people were talking about getting piercings and getting tribal tattoos. Yeah. And people were singing about saving the planet and forming bands. Yeah. There's a place where that idea still exists as a reality, and I've been there. Where is it? Portland. Oregon? Yeah. The dream of the 90s is alive. Remember when people were content to be unambitious, sleep till 11, just hang out with their friends? I mean, they had no occupations whatsoever, maybe working a couple hours a week at a coffee shop. 
right? I thought that died out a long time ago. <laughs> Not in Portland. Portland is a city where young people go to retire. Dream of the night is the life of Portland. All the hot girls wear glasses. Yeah. Remember in the 90s when they encouraged you to be weird? It was just an amazing time where people would go to see something like the Jim Rose Sideshow Circus and watch someone hang something from their penis? You could grow up to want to be a, a clown. People went to clown school. God, I gave up clowning years ago. Well, in Portland, you don't have to. Dream of the night is the So from what I can surmise from what you're positing, it's like Portland's almost an alternative universe. It's like Gore one. The Bush administration never happened. Exactly. Portland, it's almost like cars don't exist, right? Yes. They ride bikes or double-decker bikes. They ride unicycles. They yes. ride the tram. They ride skateboards. Yes. Portland, you can go to like a record store and sell your CDs. Turn that dirty clown frown right upside down, down, down. Portland, you can put a bird on something and just call it art. The dream of the night is alive in Portland, Portland. The dream of the night. Hey, I made it. Yeah, you're, you're a little late. Sorry. We're also a little San Francisco right now, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to try to. Sorry. Much better. Welcome to Portland. Thank you. The dream of the 90s is alive in Portland, 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 Portland. That's actually a much better, uh, a, a much better example of what we were trying to say than uh, anything we could actually try to say. I That's, thought so. I thought that was really good. I was a bit mm. nonplussed after you finished talking, but that looks good. To- Toby, uh, to- Toby's saying it looks amazing, and then what we were saying before is completely crap. <laughs> That's yeah. You're judging. You're judging. We can tell. Uh, but what that song reminded me of is: uh, Do you remember there was that Jack Daniels ad where I think it was Austin. I think it was supposed to be Austin, Texas, and people would. Everyone was in a band in Austin, and you'd stay up late and you'd drink Jack Daniels, yep. and uh, and then you you wouldn't wake up until three o'clock in the afternoon, and it yep. was like I was like, oh, that's where I, that's the coolest place in the world. That's <laughs> I don't know how they make their money, but I just want to go and live there. And that's that's, that's what that, that. reminds. I want to live there. Yeah. This is the well, place I've it, been looking for. If that was Austin, uh, that's just south by southwest. <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you know what? It's I could not I could not do that every week of the year. South by southwest. Oh. There is uh, that's some pretty hard living. Uh, that's Portlandia. It is it is a lot of fun. If you enjoyed that, that's uh, really then, really sweet. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Postman. I have a letter for you. No, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. Uh, look, these are they're kind of tweets. We're talking about tweets. Yeah, they're kind of tweets. They're, they're not even really two two we're box checking cutters. Checking the tweets and the they're emails. Just, they're just kind of mentioning box. If you do want to tweet box cutters or, or listen to the tweets that we have, send we got out. a hashtag. No, we've got an. We've got an account. Yes, we've got box, an account. But when other people cast, talk about us? Oh, then it's just the word box cutters. <laughs> so you, you're trolling through 
like, you know, I'd, so, every now and then I do this search. I say every now and then. I've got it going constantly. But, uh, you know, every now and then I will do this search. Google. Uh, and uh, and see what comes up when someone talks about box cutters. There's a lot of uh, 9-11 conspiracy theories. Some people who work at Safeway. So, some people who work at Safeway. Uh, some people who are talking about how tough they are because they're going out for the night and they've packed five box cutters. Yeah, and a little bit of this. And just a little <laughs> bit about us uh, and a little bit about how... The Box Cutters 90s Nostalgia event at Acme is sold out. Have you guys thought about touring it to Portland? Because I reckon it'd go off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they just go, why are we talking about shows that are on TV right uh, now? Ah, good point. If we can get that funded. Mm. Yeah. For it. <laughs> so if you were waiting until now to buy your tickets to uh, see Box Cutters live at Acme, Ba-bow. talking about Press Gang and Degrassi, yeah, shit out of luck. As uh, Cochineal found out when uh, she said, Gah! Box cutters at Acme sold out. That'll learn me to dither. Hashtag, probably not. I love that hashtag. That's a good hashtag. I've used a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Jesse Lomas, if anyone has... And this is Jesse Lomas. J-E-S-S-L-O-M-A-S. So it's actually just Jess. In case Jess anyone Lomas. wants to. In case anyone wants to. If anyone has two tickets they don't want slash can't use to the Box Cutters Do 90s Nostalgia at Acme next Thursday, please let me know. So that's just a community service announcement. Did I mention that we sold out that event? Mm. It's totally mm. sold out. And that was that. That's quite amazing. That was like a four thousand seater, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, that's at Etihad Stadium. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to get is, me some Nando's and be right in there. That's uh, uh, we're uh, being supported by Robbie Williams. <laughs> that's, I don't. Uh, I haven't heard of him. Oh really? No. He's, uh, he's he was in uh, Take That. Oh, back the in the nineties. Yeah, back in the nineties. Yeah, Isn't he back, back in Take That? Back in the, who knows? Yeah. Haven't they released a new album? They need oh, the I'm money. Sure. No, I think Gary uh, Barlow's drugs are running out. That's human nature. You're thinking of. They never split up. No, I think take that. No, that's I think C- I might have it on that's that hard CBD. Drive right there. <laughs> Let's groove tonight, baby. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us an email, hooray at boxcutters.net, or there is the talk to boxcutters link, which I think is just now called contact us on the website at boxcutters.net, or tweet us, boxcutterscast. Or we're also on the Facebook page, uh, which, oh, we should have talked about that. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's facebook.com slash boxcutters. If I was going to watch one thing this week, Courtney, mm-hmm. it would be World's Toughest Fixes. <laughs> what? I know it sounds. It sounds like it sounds like a bunch of junkies who can't get their own injections <laughs> oh in. Oh God, this is so blunt. It's such a tough fix. <laughs> oh, it's actually this guy who goes around fixing things, but he fixes massive things that are almost impossible to fix. Like my family. Like no, no. There's no amount of fixing that can get rid of a sitting room. God damn it! <laughs> uh, a sitting what? room's nice. It is. They got the chairs made specially. Anyway, <laughs> has it got an open fireplace? <laughs> A pretend one. It doesn't have Foxtel. <laughs> Sitting room doesn't have Foxtel. It doesn't. Serenity. Serenity now! <laughs> Serenity, I'd have to watch it on the DVD and I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> no, no so, no. what is he fixing? Bridges? Yes, he's fixing bridges. He's fixing giant, uh, giant fans. He's fixing massive 
turbines on submarines that are bigger than a thousand so, houses. Rick, so what you're he's, saying is he specialises in fixing really big shit. Really big shit that's really dangerous to do. I don't know that I'm going to be watching that with you. Really? But what time? It's so much... Well, <laughs> luckily for you, mm. you know, while you're house-sitting at your parents' place mm. and uh, you just come home from Big Bender, yeah. 6.30am every day on National Geographic. 6.30am? <laughs> repeated. Repeated on National Geographic Plus 2 at 8.30. Uh, <laughs> In case you really want to knock it back again before yeah. you go to work. So Toby can't believe that I've said six. Th- the, th- the great thing about Foxtel is that you've got IQ, so you can just That's record. True. You can just record world's toughest fixes, have it on serious record like I do, and then whenever you've got some spare time, you just go, what's he going to fix this time? Probably just fuck a plumber and just get him to fix something. It's like the same thing, isn't it? I don't want to have to fuck a plumber every time. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. I just, we you, just we're like, different people. This, it's is okay. why, this is why we're different people, Courtney. <laughs> This is the only reason, it's, though. That's the only reason. <laughs> if you were going to watch one thing, <laughs> what would you watch? Well, well you once know. the plumber's gone, <laughs> I don't want him sticking around to watch TV with me. I've got <laughs> things to do. Um, I have actually been enjoying the new season of Big Love on SBS. I haven't watched the first four Ooh. seasons. Oh, really? <laughs> don't really know. I've seen bits. <laughs> I can guess. It seems to be about Mormons. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> Something about Mormons in there. <laughs> Something. That so girl looks a bit horsey. She's in it. She's good. I really enjoy it. I'm quite enjoying this season. That's so. uh, Chloe Savini? Is that the one you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, horse girl. Mm. Yes. Apparently she's very attractive, <laughs> is she? Yeah, Princess Anne. <laughs> Princess Anne. She's in uh, Big Love. Yeah. I knew. She's really stepped up to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So, yes, I've been watching that and I, I really like it. I, I imagine people that have seen more of it than I have would like it even more than I do. So that would be a lot. When, when, when is that on, on, on Eight, the SBS? 8.30 on the SBS on Wednesday nights. Great. And uh, given our, our, well, the general society's obsession with food on TV, mm. uh, maybe you want to try... And I'm, I might have a look at this. You Is might it Conviction to, Kitchen? N- I thought you were going to say no, no, that, but, actually. Uh, clearly, uh, we, we do recommend Conviction Kitchen on well, can uh, I say, Tuesday at, seven, at 9.30. <laughs> oh, here we, we go. It's so, it's so complicated, though, because if you're listening to this on Tuesday, which is the day after we record it, then you can see it on Tuesday night at 9.30. Mm. If you're listening to this after Tuesday... The day Are after we record presentations? it. We oh, who knows? Who knows? They, Probably. they have no idea at Channel 7. There might be an encore. There might not be an encore. Depends they might plan to have an encore and then they'll pull the encore, but then they'll put the encore on six months later. Who hey. knows? Hey, hey, hey. Who knows at Channel 7? Hey. But what they're doing is the first episode is on Tuesday night at 9.30. If you've missed that, episode two, which is fine, you can jump straight in with episode two, is on 8.30 on Monday. Mm-hmm. Which okay, is exactly so a week away from here now as we're recording this. If, if you do enjoy the first episode, <laughs> yes. ring up the nice people at Channel 7 at the switchboard and say, excuse me, nice people, Courtney still loves you. Don't forget that. But I would like to see it again. Please repeat it. Because then that, that goes through. That is how, uh, as an actual encore. Yeah. Ah. And, so, and surely at the yahoo7.com.au site, they would have uh, your catch-up TV <sighs> there. Who knows? Just like your eye view. Sight is impenetrable. I wish, I wish you could watch. TV can you catch up on the Ben Elton show? Uh, you know what? The first, <laughs> the first episode is just. Hang on, Brett. Have you found your thing? Yeah. yeah. All right. I, we'll talk I about was, that. We'll I, talk about I that. Did in actually uh, introduce you to it. Uh, it's food. 
It's on the telly. It's <laughs> on uh, SBS One on Thursday night at uh, eight thirty p.m. It's Anthony Bourdain. No reservations. Oh, it's uh, fun. Yeah, this week he's in Jamaica. Uh, no, for, he for went of his own accord. For my <laughs> 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 um, I'd, I'd never heard of him until uh, uh, until I was told about him uh, just a few weeks ago. Oh, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he had uh, a book called Kitchen Confidential mm-hmm. uh, years and years and years ago. And then you might remember we reviewed a short-lived sitcom by the same name that was vaguely based on uh, on his book. What the about the movie remember. with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Aaron Eckhart? That's No Reservations. Yeah. Uh, different. Ah, okay. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Huh? Toby, you wanted a Trotters intro? You got a Trotters intro? Uh, well, I, uh, I really don't know what to say, guys. I feel, um, I feel touched. I, I feel... Stop hitting the table. I feel blessed. I feel, I feel really honoured. Uh, thank you as well for the reminder about hitting the table. <laughs> That's uh, that's great. Movies. You know, uh, really you know, we work hard on these things, Toby. Really we work very hard on making, th- and that you know, because it's pork. It's trotters that had uh, farm noises in uh, it. Oh, is it farm noises? Yeah. Oh, I thought cows was, and bar lambs and. I thought, uh, what did you think it was? I thought it was Brett and Josh having an argument. They just. Doesn't sound like that. No. Mm, Hell no. Sounds more like cats. Yeah, that's. I was gonna. Yeah, it's actually probably fair. Oh, what would you know? A lot of people don't. That sounds like an angry possum. (laughs) 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 That's exactly it. A lot of people don't realise Conviction Kitchen. It's not actually the first time this kind of idea has been tried out. No. Conviction Cruise was otherwise known as Mutiny on the Bounty, (laughs) and we all know how that ended. Uh, Convention Gladiator was, of course, the the original, which was eventually won by very popular candidate Spartacus, who, um, well, kind of went on to destroy the society it was it was shown in. So that, that might be something we want to think about. The man who was sitting next to us earlier this evening may well go on to to lead Australia in some kind of capacity. But I mean, I don't know what kind of role being sous chef prepares you for. Maybe treasurer, finance. I don't know. You know, I don't want to lecture, but of course. <laughs> Of course, you, you see, there's actually been a free run of Conviction Kitchen here in Australia, a reality TV show about a variety of small-time and big-time criminals trying to do their best in the real world. It's uh, called Conviction New South Wales Labor Party. <laughs> um, and, uh, and look, the ratings, the ratings have been pretty bad. They've been, mm. they've been pretty shocking. Um, we, we were talking about TV apps uh, for, for Telstra. For Telstra, There have been some very, very popular Sorry, ones. Sorry, can, can I just... Brett, remember how this segment started as, well, Toby was going to say the things that we got uh, wrong and just kind of correct us. Yes, during, yes. So and, and, it's just, have to... and it's just turned into Toby making up stuff. <laughs> Toby cracks some gags at I, the end. I love how that's gone. <laughs> I... I, th- I think that his legal background is uh, is very useful for what he's doing there. Well, yeah, but also, yeah, can I be yeah. clear? Like, I, I also I, I particularly enjoyed it as was lagging off Telstra. How he didn't say anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it, you see, there's scope for me using the legal background if there's a screw up. But if there's not, I figure I'll fill just, my time. He can just do a set with the jokes. <laughs> Why did I'm you saying, interrupt his set? Yeah, I'm saying I, 
I'm yeah. saying I liked it. I appreciated it, but that's not but how audiences. So, uh, you know that's called I've heckling. Seen... You know that's called heckling. No, I'm really no, enjoying called, your set. It's like <laughs> it's called. Hey, so Budum Ching, I just, I just wanted you to know, Adam, Adam, Adam Hills, that that was funny. That was a funny joke. That Toby was a great joke. Correction. Yep. It's called heckling when you say it to the performer. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just Statler and Waldorfing. <laughs> so that was actually more you like standing up in front of the rest of the audience and saying, "Guys, oh, guys, that a good joke. That was a corker. <laughs> that was because I learned I learned how to be an audience member from watching the Muppet Show. No, no, I appreciate it. It explains a lot. I appreciate it. Okay, really I want to keep my rhythm going. Yeah, sorry. So, <laughs> ladies, oh. there have been a there have been a lot of other tail straps, of course. I mean, uh, among them there was, of course, uh, the Rudd app which has a, a lot of really good denigrating remarks about Mexicans. And, of course, the Sol Trujillo ad, which um, has some great taco recipes. Um, if you remember Sol, he made, a, he made a really fine taco, at least according to Kevin Rudd he did. Um, uh, then there's the Rural app, which shows, look, in really remarkable detail, it shows water troughs, it shows uh, creek beds, uh, trees. There's even snake alerts, uh, though it is, unfortunately, of course, only available in the inner city. Uh, one of those unfortunate quirks. <laughs> you know how it is. Um, uh, then there's the uh, other Telco app uh, where Telstra gives you a bit of a taste of what life would be like if you, know, you weren't with Telstra, were instead with one of the others. Um, with three, um, your phone stops working, um, which is always an interesting experience. You know, it's a bit different. Uh, and you'd only get it working again when you have an hour-long conversation with a Filipino person. You know, it doesn't really matter what you say, but, uh, but that's what's required. With Vodafone, um, it lets you join a class-action lawsuit, and with Optus, a monkey appears on it, dances, <laughs> wrestles a crocodile, and then fights a snake. So, you know, there's a lot of variety there. We've, we've never done it. We've, we've done the, the Optus ads on I Don't Buy It, but I do love how they distract you from their crap service by showing you funny monkeys. It's <laughs> true. During the, I love monkeys. During the tennis, it was like two crocodiles playing tennis with a sugar glider. And I just watched it and I said, you know, like, who says people don't use acid in the advertising <laughs> industry? It was just who came up with that. Um, we were talking about soggy cookies before. Um, and look, uh, I, I, thought, I thought in detail about giving our audience a detailed explanation of what a soggy cookie is, and I decided I could only do that using a made-up language. So a soggy cookie is a... I think Toby's uh, baby uh, had a stroke. He's, he's about to have a migraine. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Can we cut to pre-recorded Toby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Here's the pre-recorded Toby. A, a, a soggy cookie... A soggy cookie is when a group of men all masturbate oh, and the person who masturbates last has to eat the cookie. Why did you cut to that? I told you we shouldn't play that pre-arranged Brett's thing. In charge of it was that. wrong. That's Brett, what are you doing? I, I, look, sometimes a stroke is a good thing. I just go <laughs> by the numbers. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. Now, we were talking about people people saying odd things on television. I have nothing but sympathy for that poor, poor, poor woman. But, but we do need to make it very clear that it's not the first time that we've had people on television saying crazy stuff. Here's an example, one of my favourites. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you, fool me, you can't get fooled again. That's uh, <laughs> President George W. Bush on September the 2nd. A lot of migraines. Preparing, preparing of to lead two wars <laughs> into foreign countries. But can we be clear, can we be clear? A lot of people give George W. Bush far too much credit. 
They suggest that George W. Bush was the first American politician to consistently say stuff that made it seem quite like they were having a stroke slash migraine. Um, meet Dan Quayle. He's one of Dan Quayle's best contributions. He was um, uh, George Bush's father's vice president. Um, so into the microphone. Into the microphone. Yeah, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Let's have this a, is a, a quote from Dan Quayle in, uh, in uh, September of 1988. The Holocaust was an obscene period in our nation's history. Oh, I mean in this century's history. But we all lived in this century. I didn't live in this century. <laughs> oh, bless Dan Quayle. Bless him. Bless, bless, him. bless Dan Quayle. Hey, uh, I, I wanted to say, uh, Brett is, uh, is going to be very happy uh, about this because uh, Acme... Box cutters D90 Nostalgia live in the studio. This Thursday. This Thursday. Oh, no. Sold out. Too late. Oh. Sorry. Oh. Can, I, can sorry. I do a plug for something? Hang on. Oh, sorry. Are you, are you, are you uh, it's, uh, it's, it's being filmed. Is it? And then it's going to be released on the Acme site as a video a, podcast. Yes. <gasps> oh, my God. Hallelujah. You can borrow my petticoat, Brett. Awesome. Hallelujah. So we can have it as as uh, uh, the uh, the. We're not actually we're not our, actually going to have it as uh, we're not actually going to have it on our feed Video as our, on our feed? no because we're going to edit together a, a shorter version for uh, audio. That will be on our feed. So there will be a video podcast. It just won't be ours, Brett. <laughs> you are kicking against the future, the aren't irony. you, Josh? The you irony. You just hate it. You're just dangling the, it in front of me. You just don't want the video podcast mm. on the Box Cutters website. You can't handle it. Uh, do you want to edit the video podcast? I'm not saying that. I'm just, Who edits? I, I don't. I just come here and say rude things. That's all. <laughs> edit stuff. Shit. Um, can Relax. I do a plug now? Uh, yeah, uh, hang on. Hang on. Plug. 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 Uh, political asylum. Uh, 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 Toby. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, both Courtney and I are doing political asylum. Yes. Which, do you want to plug that? Yes. It's the first Saturday of the Comedy Festival at 11pm at the Lower Town Hall. It's going to be massive. Yep. And if you've never come, you should totally come. And if you always come, come. So, that's 2nd what- April, isn't it? Yes, yeah, what, what can one expect from political asylum? Because uh, otherwise it's just two words so, put yeah, together. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so last year it sold out. You can expect... Uh, sold out like Box Cutters Live in the studio. Absolutely, it did. So yeah. you can imagine, you know, of, of analogous quality. Um, it's uh, everyone doing their best five-minute sets, remembering that or, uh, basically everyone involved in the show is doing like 50-minute shows for comedy festivals. So uh, the best five-minute sets that everyone has is going to be really good. Um, this is now the third really big show like this we've done. We've done two big fringe festival shows. We did a festival show last year. But it basically what we are is a collective of comedians that specially do topical and political comedy. Right. And so yeah. all of us are main that's what we would like to do all the time and we have a monthly show that we always that we practice yep. everything and we do it every month. We've mm-hmm. had two we had comedy festival, we've done the fringe festival twice, mm-hmm. we've toured Canberra yep. and it's our best it's stuff. Be hot stuff. It's going to be great. Plus some like actual famous people, yep. but we can't say um, their names yet. Now, right. can I also play a couple of other Gene things? Gene Simmons from Kiss? He's a hey, big political sh- comedian. Sh- sh- Hates John Howard. His tongue is a great political comedian. Would you believe it? Um, I, I, I wouldn't do it. He, he's great. I, can't, I cannot Not comment. Um, hey, hey, hey. I'm booking it. Can't comment. That's all I'm saying. Right. Um, Will Durst? Is well, Will Durst going to be Stay tuned for uh, John Stewart coming on. I want to do more plans. Oh, sorry, sorry. Toby's got his own show called uh. Electile Dysfunction, which is going to be on at Fad Gallery 
uh, from the 12th of, of April. April. Yeah, well done, sir. That's very impressive. Nice. It will be. Um, you can buy tickets online. I'm also doing a trial show on the 19th of March at the Green at 3 p.m. on Sydney Road on a Saturday. If you would like can, to come, is I, that like Grumpy's Green? Can I just? Can I it's going to be free. The is this the place? Is this the place that you sent me to? Or is it the place? Is it the place where we had coffee? Or is it the? This is, is it the, the bar. It's the bar. No, it's that's called the up. Brunswick it's, Green, not the Green, which is a separate. It's, thing. So the Brunswick Green is kind of you know relatively close to Blythe Street. It's quite a way up. It's, it's, a, big, it's, it's, a, club. it's a big. It's a big pub called the big Brunswick bar. Green. Yeah, I'm Across doing a trial retreat. show. I would love for people to come and see my stuff. I would also love for you to come and see my show. But you should definitely, definitely come to Political Asylum. Political Asylum will be amazing. Like it'll be really good. So March nineteenth, but in the how do people get tickets to or do they just turn up turn up just turn up it's totally free I just would like people just to be there and you know have a chat with me because you're going to be testing out material yeah, see how it I'm goes I'm going to be doing like 70-80 minutes and then cutting it down to a 50 minute show great great so when's that uh, uh, that's the 19th of March so Saturday the 19th excellent 3pm uh, so oh, I want to I want to say thanks to Dogs. everyone who uh, who sent in videos? Uh, we asked for videos uh, about Press Gang and Degrassi. Thanks to everybody who sent in videos to help us with our uh, our upcoming event at Acme. Uh, I edited them together on the weekend, and uh, it's totally hot. Uh, <laughs> Just because the stories that we got, we got some amazing stories from people about how press gang affected their lives. Really, and it's just it's it's really touching. Yeah. Like, and that these people would then share that. So I, I wanted to thank everybody uh, who who did that, uh, and uh, I'm really excited about it. John's really excited about it. Uh, last week, the news came through that we have Pat Mastroianni skyping in live. Mental. It's so exciting. So he is. For those who don't know, he played Joey Jeremiah. Oh who? Uh, hey, my God! Oh my God! And he has to Skype oh in because God. he's on the run, isn't he? Uh, the Swedish authorities want him to come back for questioning. No, that's Julian Assange. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. so. No, so he's, wait, he's waking wait, wait. up at four o'clock in the morning wait. to it's Skype impressive. in live. It's really, hey, Courtney. When I was in year seven, we yeah. had to watch a sex education video. He was the man who taught my class about sex. <gasps> he wore the hat. Really? He wore the pork pie hat. Well, he knows a lot about sex after, you know, giving it to Tessa Campanelli. So, <laughs> Okay, well, you can just tell him that he taught me. Well, because, you know, we are asking for people, uh, if they have questions for Pat Mastroianni, if you, even if you didn't get tickets to the event, uh, send them through. You can either tweet them to Acme, which is a lot easier to tweet at than Boxcutters Cast, but either one is fine. Uh, so you can either tweet, tweet your questions to Acme or Boxcutters Cast uh, or email them to, to us and we'll, we can ask them live on the night so you can then hear your question asked of Joey Jeremiah slash Pat Mastroianni. A lot of people refusing to believe that he's a real person. Really? Yeah, a lot of people just putting up questions about Tessa Campanelli <laughs> and about doing the dirty on Caitlin. Uh, so that's going to be awkward if they're the only questions we have. And yet still funny. And still still funny. So please send your questions through. Hooray at boxcutters.net. That brings us to the end of Boxcutters episode 257. We've probably gone way, way, way over time. I want to say thanks very much to Vital. It's like Madonna. Uh, Vital for coming in and talking about... Conviction Kitchen, which, uh, of course, you can see from next week at 8.30 on Monday night on Channel 7, from this week, 9.30 on Tuesday. But ignore that if you're listening to this after Tuesday. Uh, thanks very much to Courtney Hocking. Pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. For coming in. We love having you in that chair, yeah. but only that chair. I know. I know. I sat in the other chair once. Oh, it was bad. Until next week, 
My name is Josh Canal. My name's Courtney Hawking. Toby Halligan. I continue to be Brett Croffley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, his studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. You can find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metropolitan area. This show is produced by Toby Halligan and myself, Josh Canal, with help from John Richards, Dave Lawson, Courtney Hocking and Brett Cropley. And it's Brett Cropley's golden fingers that make the show sound great. Peter Wilson is our server chief. If you enjoyed this show, go to the iTunes Music Store and leave us a five-star review because we deserve it. You can email us at hooray at boxcutters.net, tweet us at boxcutterscast, or leave us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash boxcutters. If you missed any of that, rewind it, listen to it again. We also love getting your comments on the Boxcutters blog, which is at boxcutters.net. Leave us what you think there in your own words. Hey, uh... Yeah, we're still, we're still, we're still like we do every Toby, week. You've, you've been here before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you've you've done the show before. You know how you know how it goes. You can talk. Uh, I'll explain afterwards. Uh, all right. Well, then you know what? If if Toby if Toby wants to speak uh, speak now, why don't we get this other guy into Philly's place for the moment? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters. <laughs>